Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Eisenhammer. And I'm Navid Mishinshi. And I can't believe it, we actually have a Whitecaps win to talk about. So just before we get into tonight's show, I uh, just want to say on behalf of everyone at AFTN how much we condemn the actions at the weekend that saw three academy players racially abused and one of them stabbed and taken to hospital obviously goes without saying that there is no place for this anywhere in the world just now folk are always like oh there's no place for this in football or society or vancouver no place for this anywhere in the world we firmly stand with the white caps in this really applaud their their strong statement and the actions and also the support that they've had from around the league as well from other teams the league itself and hopefully all we can hope for is a speedy recovery and that the three players involved, that there's not any mental or physical lasting damage from this and they get the help that they need and wish them all a speedy recovery and that the perpetrator or perpetrators are dealt with to the full extent of the law. Yeah, and it was a nice uh, outshowing of support from Austin FC at the game today too. Yeah, it was that was lovely the, what the supporters group did there, so... Let's hope we don't have to ever talk about something like like this again. I was appalled when I saw it on the news. And then having seen that there was the the stabbing incident at a gas station that I drive by regularly when we we go on our walks with with our dog and stuff, it was just like, just it's so sad that it still exists. But to target like young guys, teenagers, it's just, it baffled me. It's just, it's beyond, beyond comprehension. We just have to basically start by going, the Whitecaps came away with a massive 2-1 win at Austin FC. Matthew McConaughey is not feeling all right, all right, all right. He's feeling kind of shitey, shitey, shite because his team are bottom of the Western Conference. The Whitecaps aren't. We're moving on up. We're going to be chatting about that win. We're going to be looking at the lie of the land in MLS and we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday when the Whitecaps come home to BC and play in front of fans and everything like that. It's going to be a short midweek show. Just not going to talk about much more apart from that. We don't have anything written down in the rundown. We're just going to go with the flow, see what we want to talk about. And we'll kick things off with that win in Austin. And Steve, it is not underestimating things to say... Even in August, 
This was a must-win game for the Whitecaps, and they made it a little bit difficult for themselves, but they got the job done. Yeah, difficult. Uh, like I said before, I think on the weekend, I said that this was probably a winnable game for them, even though it, you know, environment and everything like that is difficult. Austin, for me right now, they're, they kind of actually remind me of the 2011 Whitecaps, where they do a lot of things right. Mm. They have exciting moments at times, but they just can't put it over the line. Like there, there was a lot of moments in 2011 where we had those things when um, it was like, especially in the beginning of the season, a lot of draws and stuff like that, and they weren't able to get uh, and when they got uh, blown out, they got really blown out. But when they won a game, it was exciting and everybody was on their yeah. feet. A lot of like all-time goals came in that first year. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty fair to say that, I, th- I think, Navid. It's, it is a lot. Like watching the 2011 Whitecaps, they've got some exciting players and right. they're still finding their feet. They've got an amazing crowd. It's, it was electric. Mark DeSantis said after the game, that that's the loudest crowd he has heard at an MLS stadium. He oh, says he doesn't know yeah. if it's how it's built or what, but oh, tremendous. 100% agree with Steve. To be honest, this was the first time I've seen the home game of Austin, and I was imp- really impressed with like the whole ambiance and the whole stadium, and the atmosphere was awesome to watch. And the one person I was super happy for was Jake Nowitzki. Yeah. Even, I mean the whole thing that was going on before the last couple of weeks really was happy for him that he scored really happy and he looked happy as, he as looked well. happy yeah that, he looked happy. that meant a lot to him we'll have a little bit of audio yeah. for, from jake coming up just chatting about that right zach what what did you make of the the performance i initially i was going to say it was a game of two halves but it wasn't because austin scored pretty much against the run of play and that was just one st- one slip, one falling asleep, and we know how costly that can be in football. And then second half, Whitecaps bossed it. Deserved winners in the end, I feel. Yeah, I think they were worthy winners on the on the night. The game was pretty simple, though. I mean, these are both teams that don't have a lot of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're standout players in their sides, and it was the addition of a game changer at halftime that that literally changed the game. And, and you saw what that kind of quality can do for a side, even a side that, you know, literally, if, if you look at, look at them when without him, right. Uh, and then, and then with him, like the, there's a massive, massive difference, right. And what the, oh, he's, yeah. the, the lad or the boy or however you would call him, Michael, he's played what three games and they haven't lost. Yes. And he's building those minutes up from 20 to 30 to 45. And we'll, we'll have some audio from Ryan as well from, from afterwards. But yeah, that that was the spark. Can you believe it, Steve? If you have a number 10, a team can actually play. Exciting. Passes do actually connect in the final <laughs> third. And and you, you can actually uh, make a pass in the box across the thing. So it's, it's amazing. I didn't think that was allowed. No. I was just going to say about the possession and everything. Like, uh, like you see, you dominated play, but the possession, they, bare, they were under 40%. The yeah, the possession they got, wasn't great, but they but were the only up. team that looked like doing anything. Yeah, but but the thing is here is under 40% shots, uh, but they outshot them on goal 8-2, to two, which is oh. huge. So yeah. they actually did a lot with that possession, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of those shots, I didn't check perfectly, but I'm guessing a lot of those shots came in the second half when they had that number 10. But that's encouraging. That's awesome to hear. I mean, that gets me excited for the next couple of games. I mean, 
if he gets going, I'm really hoping he's going to push the team he, forward. He also, he also could have scored too. Well, he had yeah, a couple of shots. He had a, had a couple of chances. One of which in particular has asked him after the game, he was like blown out of his ass because he ran <laughs> and in that heat and that humidity and he's still finding his fitness. And he had a big grin on his face because he knew he was like puffing at the end of that. What did, you, say, what did you say? Just like Dundee? Oh, yeah, because he said, oh, man, it was so hot and humid. I was like, it's very Dundee-esque. That was, that was sarcasm, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing is about the second goal, too, it was not only his ability to make the pass, but his yes. ability to take the pass. Mm-hmm. He held his held the line, it was, kept stayed on side, and was able to take the pass and deliver it across well, the line. It was more than that. I think he actually won the ball in midfield. He did. He started. He, did. he started the attack. Played it out. Played it out to Diver. Diver. And then, and then he not just that. He like directed Diver with his run. So he hustles up the field. And then when he's getting in the position, you can see him make a motion to Diver, but where he yeah. wants to go and where he wants the ball. Yeah, and the thing as well is, he's used to playing with players that get into the position that Brian White was in. So he's setting that ball to the back post. And full expectation, someone's going to be there to knock it away. And thankfully, Brian White was, because he had not had a good game, let's be honest, up to that point. Yeah, he but, was getting but, he was getting slagged off by supporters earlier. Yeah, he always does. He's, he's yeah, very yeah, much yeah. maligned. But but the thing, the thing is with White is that he gets into positions. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be always there, but he will get into the position when he wants. I think Cavallini will be very happy for the, the new service he's going to get. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm yes. sure he will go to the post now that he knows somebody's willing to deliver it to there. Yeah. Right, let's rewind a little bit. We'll get back to the goals in a sec. So the, the lineup tonight, there was only one change. Christian Dahomey came in for Ryan Raposo. And I was surprised, really, that there was just one change after a hard shift. I know it was on Friday, so they had a little bit of extra day's rest. But knew it was going to be hot. I checked. It was 29 degrees at kickoff. It said it felt like 34 from speaking to the guys afterwards, they were basically saying it was really, really hot. So feels like 34 can feel very different, as we know, depending on where you are. There'd been like thunderstorms in the area and various things like that. So, I mean, it it, it wasn't ideal. But I thought it would maybe have freshened it up a little bit. But I guess he liked what he saw in the vid against San Jose and just basically wanted to, to keep with that. I was actually expecting a lot of changes, to be honest. I mean, the way he MDS has been going on with, I mean, he's. I feel like he's doing a lot of rotation, to be honest. But I actually he's like, like the, the fact the tinkerer, Claudio right. <laughs> Exactly. I like the fact that he stuck to the lineup, and I guess Dahomey was ready to go. And I mean, obviously, would bring him in since he's been. I mean, yeah. great. So, I mean, so far, I, I'd watched yeah. the Austin's game against RSL at the weekend, Steve, and they looked very susceptible up their left side. Yeah, and our right, basically. So you thought, well, Brown and Dahomey could have a field day, looking at how weak they were, and it didn't quite work out that way. But there was a lot of width on both sides of the park, and Brown and Nowinski were switching at, at various times in the game. And this was definitely, as you said, it was a winnable match. It was a team that is beatable. And if the Whitecaps genuinely harbour any playoff hopes, you've got to beat these teams. Whether it's oh, home sure. or away, That this is a game that they had to, to, to win. 
Yeah, they had to win. You could understand if they didn't, but it's definitely something that would propel them into the next game, especially the one coming up home. Great momentum now going into that home game, even yeah. though it's against a tough team. Yeah. Now, I, I would have felt that the, the tactic for this would have been maybe get to the hour mark, hold them, bring on your guns again. And that's kind of how I was feeling a little bit coming in towards halftime. But in saying that, it was the Whitecaps that came out on the front foot and they forced a string of early corners, Zach. So I don't know that that was the game plan, but th- there wasn't much in that first half. There wasn't a lot of spark. But at the same time, I felt they were the better team. And when Austin took the lead, it just felt... Well, first of all, Alexander Ring, great movement. Mm. To, to lose any marker, great header, great finish, good corner in as well from Austin's new DP. So DPs do make a difference. Who would have, who'd have known that? But mm. I mean, it was a great goal from an Austin point of view. I just feel the Whitecaps lacked a little bit of anticipation as to what might happen there. But I don't think Austin deserved to be going in at the half one up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. Um I agree with you. It was a it was a great goal from an Austin Austin perspective, um, but you if you're if you're a Whitecap, you I think you're disappointed that someone of ring size is able to be that free to to head home from a corner in the box. Also, another conversation you could have about that goal is the fact that there's no man on the far post. Yeah, there's a man on the far post. I think he either either hits him in the head or he clears it with his head. But I mean, you know, that's a bugbear of mine. Yeah, I mean, we could go back to the, what, the 2013 Voyagers Cup. Yeah, know. I wasn't going to mention that. It just flashed into my head again yeah. how angry I was at that game, <laughs> swearing, there's no man in the post. So, yeah, that was really disappointing. But, yeah, I think you're, I think it's fair to say that Austin was a bit fortunate to be up to be up at the half. In terms of, like, the overall performance in the first half, though, I agree that it was a, at least somewhat similar to some of the, the first half performances from, from Vancouver that we've seen this year. Where it wasn't it wasn't like great. Um, whereas the second half, it was it was more like a number of the second halves that Vancouver's put in this year in terms of their their fight, their fight and their battling and their their will to to do what it takes to win. Yeah. I mean you, you can say a lot of things about this team this year, how they've played in games and how they've played in first halves in particular, which have sometimes really been awful. But the fight that this team shows when they go behind, we, we've seen it with Whitecaps team, Steve. Heads go down and they look beaten as soon as the goal goes in. This team shows fight and they, they've got a genuine belief that they can overturn these games. They're on the road, they're playing in a hostile environment, but whatever it is, they just feel they can do it in the second half. As I said a couple of shows ago, they need to bottle whatever it is happens at half time so they can... Spr- sprinkle it over themselves before they go out there. Maybe now that we are back home, we will see a more complete team. Yeah, but and, and the thing is, maybe they need to, like, if MDS is screaming them at the uh, maybe you should start screaming at them uh, right at the beginning of the game or something. But, like that. but he, but I think he said post game that they went into the halftime very calm, knowing what the knowing, knowing what they needed to do. Yeah, but I, maybe- think, I think I think in this case, like you said, Michael, before that they knew that they had the run of game. All they had to do was just uh, capitalize on their chances. And, yeah. and they knew Ryan Gold was coming on at the half, so that probably made it a little easier. 
Michael, do you do you think they need to sprinkle that on the team the way that the the child got sprinkled in the in the stands? Yeah, I I, I don't know if you all picked up on this or not. Oh, I saw that sixty seventh minute. Yeah, there there was a baby that was like on the show. It's shoulders. not a baby. It was not a baby. It wasn't that? It was a toddler. Was toddler. toddler right. I, uh, like two, they're all, two, they're all the same to me. I don't know. <laughs> Some little creature. Was he was definitely. He was def- definitely under the legal age of drinking. Which he might have been. At that I, I don't know. In Texas, doesn't anything go in Texas? Was that but, yeah, beer or was that water? It was. It might, oh, it might, it was... might have been water, but it looked like beer to me. Yeah, but, I would say. I would say the people in Austin would usually consume beer instead of water. The the child was enjoying him or herself, like twist, twisting a towel or something above their head and bouncing well, about. Oh, and, it was a shirt. You take off a shirt, shirt and. <laughs> yeah, and, but if you're that drunk, of course you're going to enjoy yourself. True. And they can't hold a drink at, the, at that size. By the way, who was that one? I actually retweeted it. I, I don't know him personally, but that one fan that he's on the road the whole time. Christian Og. Og. I'm yeah. so happy for him. Literally. I'm glad they got the three points. Well, I'm praying for him considering he wasn't wearing a mask. I know. Oh, I, I, I've got a, I was saying, thinking that as well. I was like, he's sitting in amongst all these Austin fans, <laughs> unmasked, in a state that things are going out of control at the moment. But if I were to say anywhere in Texas that people would be vaccinated, I think it would be Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's a safe bet. And, and, I think so. And Christian's the pilot, so he's double vaxxed. Yeah. But at halftime, David, I thought I would just freshen it up and make three subs. I thought I'll bring Gold on. Um, Ricketts, I thought, had to come on for White just because White was having a, a bit of a poor game. And maybe bring Baldy on just to have a little bit more of a dynamic presence in the midfield. But it was just Ryan Gold the, that came on. And he, he was the difference maker. Right. And... He added this this spark that I think too many times over the years, and I like even going back to Robbo's time. I remember speaking mm-hmm. to Robbo about this when we were down in Portland once. Right. You looked at the Portland bench, and you saw who was on that bench to come on, and then you looked to the Whitecaps bench, and you're like, "Oh, we're screwed if we if we fall behind." And that has happened so many times with the Whitecaps. Now, obviously, you don't want Ryan Gold being on the bench. But right, to have right, the right. luxury of actually having a difference maker. Oh, it's so nice. So nice. And I can't wait to see him actually start yeah. from the get-go at home. Actually see his full potential. It's really encouraging to see like coming like seeing him coming in and actually make a difference. It's refreshing, really, it is. And we haven't had that for a long time. Literally, like how many home games is it going to be? Nine home games? Nine, really, four, four in a row like, in the league. We've always got the Pacific yeah, game yeah, in there yeah, as well, yeah. but four league games but in a row. I'm really excited. I'm, I feel, to be honest, I mean, I'm looking f- forward to these nine home games. It's going to be good. And I think given the situation with MDS, his contract, what's going to happen with his future, I think it's going to give him a good shot to actually make a push. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful for the soul. And the thing is, you mentioned there before that you had uh, it, there's a difference between having talent on the bench and having high priced players mm-hmm. who are good mm-hmm. enough to start on the bench. And that, right. they've had that before, but not to, right. Uh, yes, yes, the Brexit. Dependable tent. Well, <laughs> I don't want to name anybody. Oh, I don't mind. Name and shame. Name and shame. <laughs> 
the let, let's get to the, the first Whitecaps goal, Zach. So, as you mentioned, pinpoint delivery from the corner, from Gold, onto the head of White. White did well to get up, and he got it on target. It was a now, respectable save from the keeper. Yeah. Now, Brad Stuver, I've been watching a lot of Austin's games this year because I do love the atmosphere. Even at the away games, they're taking a hell of a lot of fans to, to the away games. And they do play an exciting brand of football when they can get going. But Stuver has been tremendous. He's like one of my players of the season throughout MLS. He's not going to get that kind of credit. But even at the weekend against RSL, string after string of saves. So he pulled that one out, but the rebound came to Jake Nerwinski, deadly in the six-yard box. Poked it home, reminiscent of that goal at the start of the 2020 season 25 years ago. That's how it I, would, I, I would say it was his best impression, impersonation of Riri Diaz from Seattle. <laughs> Just right place, right part. It was. It's probably the closest Jake is ever going to get to that comparison, so it's good for him. Doesn't Michael look like he's wearing his uh, flounder top right now? Is that, Rave Green? is that Rave Green? It says poker. <laughs> I hardly met her. But the goal, it was poked home. Jake Nerwinski is a poker. That's why I'm wearing my poker top. I'll play actually a little bit of the audio that we've got now and then we'll have a, a little chat about Jake. So Jake was delighted with the goal. Naveed, as he said, was delighted for Jake to, to get the goal. Let's just hear a little bit from Jake after the game. Mark spoke last week about you playing in that left-back position and he said that he'd had a chat with you. He'd, Kind of been a little bit down just with how things had been going. But you looked to have a new lease of life uh, at left-back. I was just looking at the, the who scored ratings there. And tonight, 8.1, man of the match, performance they, they've got yet. You're, you're certainly looking comfortable there. Has it been an easy adjustment for you? Yeah, honestly, any opportunity that I'm getting right now to play, I want to make the most of it. Um, it's you know been a bit of an up and down season for me. Um, I think that we have some really good quality at outside back and I'm just trying to do what I can to be on the field and when I get on the field to help the team get points and get wins. And uh, I think that uh, I was able to do that tonight. And um, the more that I've been playing at left back, the more I've been getting comfortable. Um, you know, it's it's not too different. Uh, once you kind of get used to it, it's 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 something where, you know, you have the experience that I've had for the last five years that I can use, you know, to play in a different position. The joy in your face tonight when you got the goal, it was very reminiscent of the, what seems like an age ago now, but that goal that you got a BC place to kick off last season, you're deadly in the six-yard box. You, you joked about that 18, 19 months ago now, but you said you were wanting to get into that position more. Is that something that you're really working hard on? Yeah, I am. You know, I, I joke, but I have a number nine mentality when it comes in the box. You know, I know where the ball is going to be. No, I'm just kidding. I really don't. I got lucky there. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I wanted to put an emphasis on, you know, you know, trying to get more goals, trying to get assists and really trying to help this team offensively. Um, you know, I think this the outside back role has really progressed throughout the years where it's kind of integral that you need to be able to attack. And I think that so far this year, myself, Guti, um, you know, Bruno and Javain have done a pretty good job at getting forward when we can. I mean, it went without saying for, for this game how massive it was for, for both teams, because whoever was going to lose this one, you were basically going to get cut adrift. You're now four points off the playoff places. You've got these four games coming up. 
I know it goes without saying what it does to the team, but just for you mentally, what what does this do to you for you now? It, it's huge. Um, it gives us, you know, the belief that now, you know, we go and play LAFC, who's three points ahead of us now. So if we win, we're tied with them and we're right in the mix for a playoff line. So we wanted to get to that point that before we're coming home for our home games, that we're close or above the playoff line. And I think we did that. You know, it, it's really difficult to play so many games on the road, um, not in front of our own fans. And to be honest, you know, we we got results away. And that's really hard to do in this league. Yeah, they weren't wins, but as long as we were getting points, um, you know, now that we're close, anything can happen now. So Jake Nowinski there just chatting uh, about that goal and his transitioning to, to left back. It's not a position, I think, if you'd said to him at the start of the season, we're going to have you playing a bit of left back, that he would have thought, I'd like to do that or I would enjoy doing that. But Steve, we talked about it on the last show and I asked MDS after the last game, he's looking really comfortable there. And MDS mentioned that Jake wasn't in a good place. Jake talked about that himself there. But this seems to have given him a bit of a lease of life. Yes, he'd like to be right back. But this right now is looking like the only way he's going to get minutes for, for this team regularly, at least. And it, and it takes a little bit of the pressure of having to be like a uh, deliverer of the ball, like a crosser, because uh, nobody expects him to cross the ball with his left foot. Right. So he can be comfortable playing defense, attacking inside once in a while, whenever he needs to. And just keep the ball he got forward the tonight a few times yeah. as well. And so, yeah, I, I think it's good for him just to get him on the pitch and then it shows other teams too. Like, I, I honestly think that it might be better for him to move on. He spent a lot of time here. And it's it's not that I'm trying to get rid of him, but sometimes it's beneficial for the player to move on too. Yeah. Um, and, oh, the, and, he, and people are seeing him. here could it. help with that considerably. Exactly. Yeah. Because scoring, making impact. The who scored man of the match ratings, he was the man of the match, 8.1. Yeah, but he was not... Man of the match. No. No, but <laughs> Ryan Gold was only seven point three. Yeah, but he played half as many minutes. Yeah. Yeah. When a defender gets a goal, they're gonna get bumped up. Oh yeah. Right. right. But he, he did he did have a good shift and he ha- he has been playing well there. And I, I'm I'm happy for him. I like Jake. He's a yeah. he's a good guy in the locker room. Him and Brian White have got a, a a good relationship going as well as Jersey Boys. But that was one of the Jersey boys on the score sheet. And then after that, White Cats had a spring in their step. And the other Jersey boy, Brian White, pokes at home himself. We've got a couple of pokers on the team. So it was the 74th minute. Ryan Gold, as Zach talked about, set the move up, played it to, to Diber. Quick counter. Said where he wanted the ball to be. Diber, great pass to him. Gold to the back post. White comes in. As Tosaint Ricketts is on the sideline waiting to come on for him. Nothing motivates a striker more than knowing there's a striker waiting to come on for you. But it's a lovely move, lovely goal. And and the the best part of it, I, I loved uh, Diber's reaction after score after the goal was scored because he turned around and just started running to the bench. Oh really? Hands up like, like a little miss. like a little kid like uh, like celebrating the goal. <laughs> it was very funny. It was, it was awesome to watch. I I like. Like when you see players run into the bench, right. I, I like that because it just shows what the locker room and the, the spirit is like. But that was 2-1 to the Whitecaps. It was very well deserved. And they 
they held on, they got the three points. I do want to say, though, maybe fortunate to get away with the three points because John Gallagher, Ooh. the sub for Austin, had a couple of great chances, Zach, and the second of which in particular, with 10 minutes to go, wide open, unmarked, free header, six yards out, puts it over. I don't know where the Whitecaps marking was in that one, but that was a massive let off. But it was a great, a great ball in. And yeah, he really should have. I mean, he should have at least, you know, put it on target. Because uh, I think that's on target that causes Max problems. Yeah. I and if think... it doesn't go in right away, then maybe you get a rebound like the Whitecaps did for their first goal. But yeah, I mean, Austin, for all their limitations in terms of the ability of their squad and who they have available to them, there, there's also good fight in their team, right? And they, um, yeah, they had their chances to get back in it. They just weren't able to take them. Massive three points. We'll look at where that leaves the Whitecaps in the standings very soon. But before that, let's just hear a little bit of the post-game thoughts from both head coaches. First of all, we'll hear from Austin's Josh Wolfe. Then we'll hear from MDS. Clearly today, I think there was a physical effect um, because I've never seen our team really hit the wall like they hit the wall today. And um, I think physically and emotionally, they they hit the wall. And, um, you know, putting together 90 minutes requires, you know, investment physically and mentally and emotionally and um you know that's we're showing a little bit of obviously lack of maturation in that we have enough quality and enough leaders on the field but um you know it takes full commitment from everybody it's not easy none of this um you know if it was easy there'd be 27 fantastic teams uh that win every week but that's you know this game is challenging and we're getting challenged right now and um that's where we're at today was was quite disappointing um you know, again, I, for lack of a better word, I mean, solutions, it's physically we, we wavered a lot and it was quite surprising. Vancouver's, again, they're a very, com- a very committed, compact team. They play a 4-5-1 and um, the three in the midfield work extremely hard. They'll jump, they'll jump the press with, with some of their guys out wide, their wingers. So they do try to um, certainly minimize the ability to come in centrally and, and they're comfortable sitting, you know, right around the half line. So... Um, it, it makes it crowded in there. That's again, we had some combinations out wide. We had switches of play that really started to stretch them, and we needed to do that a little bit more. But but ultimately, again, I think um, getting behind the line a bit more and, and physically, we just we didn't have the legs, and and that was, you know, I'd say through the first half we we did a decent job of it. But as we went on, it was it it was certainly gone. This road trip, five points from it, ideal in many ways coming back undefeated on the trip a lot to build upon now as to to this stand that you've got a bc place the second half performance tonight were, was an excellent performance the first half wasn't obviously too bad either but you just had that one moment of slipping off what, what did you make of the overall game i agree with you michael i i don't it would be very unfair to say that the first half was uh was not good. I think we started on the front foot. We pressed the opponent. We moved our lines high. Uh, there was huge moments of good pressure from us. A lot of balls recovered. But then maybe the decision-making and some of the balls, some of the last pass, some of the... When we got into some areas in the final third, wasn't the best one. And then we have uh, six corner kicks uh, versus zero. We don't get anything from any of them. And then they get one corner kick. And in that one corner kick that we defended this season, we've been pretty good winning the set play battle. 
I think this is the second corner kick only that we concede in a direct corner. We we concede this one and we felt that it wasn't fair to come here at half uh, down 1-0. But when you play a first half that you know things, you know, overall are good, but you you you're prepared to make a change that maybe that change we made was planned for minute 60, then we have to do it earlier. Um, we we addressed a, a little bit of things in our pressure from the front. Uh, of course, that um, the team expanded a little bit more. That is normal. We took a lot of risks. We pressed uh, more. Uh, we opened the field more, but it also gave us the opportunity to um, to be in positions where we were able to find some key players uh, and and some good plays, some good actions. We were able to. To score, uh, to score the two goals. Me, I'm, I'm, you know, I live with these guys every day. I'm more with these players than I am with my, with my kids. You know, that's just the reality of it. I spend more hours with our roster than I spend with my kids. So, when I'm, I know what we could achieve, and I know what we could do, and there's no doubts in my head that. Um, we the, the the mindset of these guys, the way they fight, the way we go about things as a group, it's uh, it's road warriors. I would call them. You know, they have such a good spirit to go about things. They always believe in everything, and um, they deserve it. And everybody that's working hard in the club deserves it. So we know it's one step. Uh, there's a lot of things happening in the future. There's no time to breathe. And we have LAFC coming. And then we have Pacific. That's going to be a hard away game too. So um, it's just, we'll try to enjoy now in the plane. We have five hours flight. That is not going to be fun or, or easy. This was a massive game. The the fact that if if you lost it, you're going to be so far adrift off the playoff places, even with these home games coming up. Now, no matter what, you're going to be behind at least one, maybe two teams just by four points. Mentally, coming home now, what does this do to everyone at the group? You know what it does, you know. That's why you, you ask. I always told you, you're a smart guy. And uh, your question, your question is smart and has answers. You know that they, we spoke about the game that, um, you know, maybe nobody or very few people believe that at the end of the year, we could be in the top seven, but uh, we believe here. And we said for us to be in the top seven, there's just games that we have to take and games that we have to accept the challenge and games that we have to go for it. And, uh, this was one of these games, uh, you know, that Austin was thinking the same way. Austin also wanted to push and win and, and get points from this game. And uh, we knew how important, but uh, for us, the most important thing was to give hope to our fans. And when you're in the run that we are, that even if there's a lot of draws, it means that teams are not beating us. It means that we're building something and not to come here when uh, only a few days before our, our, our real home opener. It's what the, the, the fans deserve and the fans want hope and we want to give that hope to them and step by step grow as a team. We still have a lot of things and we know that, that we could become better and grow and 
and and deal with things better but um, these steps are very important for 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 what we want to be about as a club and as a team So the gaffers there chatting about that game. I mean, it's it's a huge result for Vancouver. It's also a, a huge result, though, for Austin because you've got to say they were in with a chance of still making it to the playoffs, albeit, I think, a, a, an outside chance. But this weekend and the, the games this week, it's been a really, really good set of results for, for the Whitecaps. There was one slight glitch tonight that kind of threw things off a little bit. If we look at the, the games from week 19, I mean, we won't break these games down, but like just looking at some of the scores from the weekend, the Galaxy beat Minnesota 1-0, so that was good. You, you want the teams at the top now to start running away and, and beating all the, the folk, or there to be a number of draws. So Colorado beat Houston 3-1, that was a great result. Sporting KC beat Dallas 2-0, that was a great result. RSL beat Austin. RSL's still a team that the Whitecaps could catch, but it's going to they, be tough for them. They got another win tonight. Yeah. We will, though, talk about one game, which was played on Sunday. The first Cascadia Cup, official Cascadia Cup meeting. Well, I, have I, I, I didn't watch the highlights. I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the highlights. Really? Oh, that was. Quality. I know what happened. I know what happened. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. Oh, is that because you love the timber so much, or you just hate the flounder so much? Oh, like, the oh, Colombian. Oh, the Did you see their tweet? It's like this is what a this is what a Seattle Sounder is, and it's like him celebrating the goal. <laughs> oh, in front of the Timbers yeah. army. Yeah, it was. He had no care if he was going to get bottled or not. I think the Portland fans probably wouldn't bottle him. But uh, I want to. I want to bring up a comment that was running around Twitter about Freddie oh, Montero. Uh, yes. Why did the Whitecaps let him go? Oh, I'm going right. to really. Yeah. I'm going to really make this simple. Number one, Freddie Montero was not going to sign for the amount that the Seattle gave him. Hundred percent. Number two. Freddie Montero would not have the season he's having right now if he was yeah. on the <laughs> Right. Because we don't have two. a number so, 10 to feed him. Forget number 10. He just wouldn't be performing up to the way he yeah. does if, yeah. if he was in a Whitecaps uniform as opposed to... So bottle that up, put it away, throw it in the ocean, whatever you want. Don't bring it up again. Freddie Montero was not going to do anything for the Whitecaps. He wasn't right. going to be on the Whitecaps this year. Yeah. He didn't yeah. want to be here. So I, I don't, think he, I don't it, think he got on well with MDS. It doesn't even matter about. Show. It doesn't even matter about getting along. He the, he didn't want to be in Vancouver. He was only in Vancouver because it's the closest right. uh, city to Seattle, yeah, exactly. that's not Portland. Exactly. He would have gone to Seattle in 2019 if they could have exactly. made it work on their on their budget. But he didn't. And they couldn't. He, he yeah, and he didn't want to give up the money at that time. Now he does. Yeah, because maybe his coffee place is more successful. Yeah, on that celebration, I think he did the big old kiss of the badge and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all the people who in Vancouver who love him and think he's great and was amazing in in Vancouver, yeah, you're you're just loving a flounder legend. I opinion. still like Freddie. He did well here. I will not hey, knock him. I you right. can only you can only judge for what he did in your jersey, and he did well in the Whitecaps jersey. Not, not in the second stint. 
he still got quite a few goals. He, he was had, like one of the hey, best performers had, last season. Relative to the, no, the rest of the draws that there was, sure, Michael. But he, he had he had moments, and it was very hard for him not to be one of the better players last year. I can speak only from my experiences when he was there. Was it the 20, 2017? Yeah, seventeen. He scored what 13, 14? He had his best MLS season. Fifteen, I think it was. Fifteen. That's no, I'm not, I'm not talking right. about. I'm not talking about the last, the first time he was with the White. I'm talking about the right. second time. Oh, okay. Yeah. If he had a choice, he would be with Seattle. But they, oh, hundred percent. He always wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't pay the money that they, he got from the Portland, uh, the the Portugal contract that he was bringing over. So right. he wasn't going to be able to bring, like, get paid that much. So he didn't want to give up the money. But if anyone didn't watch the game, it was on TSN. It was great. It was six two. It was a highly entertaining game because it was 2-0 Sounders, Timbers brought it back and you thought, oh, here we go. And then Sounders were like, all right, let's just up our gear. A couple of goals from Rui Diaz, Jimmy Medranda got one. Who wouldn't, they... want Rui... Who wouldn't want Raul Rui Diaz in their squad? I know. Who wouldn't or want? J- or Jake Nowitzki. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> yeah. But that that was a it was a good win from a White Cats point of view. If you don't look at Cascadia Cup standings and goal difference, but the the Timbers losing is really what we want just now. To be fair, it's kind of what we want at the best of times. But that is definitely something that the White Caps need because of who they're chasing. So it was a really good weekend. And then there was a couple of games on Tuesday, which I don't know how I feel about. MLS games on a Tuesday feels a little weird. And it's kind of weird for me to say that because I'm used to going to Tuesday night games in Scotland because that's our midweek games are on a Tuesday. It's weird when they're not a League's Cup match. But the, the games on Tuesday, again, it went well for the Whitecaps. Colorado beat the Galaxy 2-1. I can see the Galaxy starting to fall as this season gets into the business end. Colorado, I am loving what they're doing there just now. To me, that gives you hope as a Whitecaps fan, that a couple of good pieces and you can start to have a season like Colorado's having. For me, if the Whitecaps aren't in the playoffs or whatever, Colorado's going to be the team that I'm I'm cheering on this year to to do well. Good win. I I, I watched the highlights today. But the other game, which was really good from a Whitecaps point of view, San Jose won, Minnesota won. San Jose took the lead, went down to 10 men. Minnesota equalised pretty soon after that and you thought they're going to go on but they didn't so a one all draw so we need as many one all draws as possible the results tonight mixed bag Sounders beat Dallas 1-0 so that was great Sporting and Portland drew you'd have really wanted a, a Sporting win there the disappointing one Salt Lake they were one up Houston pegged them back but then Salt Lake got a late, late winner, 88th minute, Anderson Julio, yep. to give him three points. And how that currently leaves the standings, if we if we have a look at this just now. But we'll quickly rattle through the top. It doesn't matter too much. Seattle, 39. Kansas, 38. LA Galaxy, 35. Colorado, 34. I think we can pretty much say, guys, those four... They should be playoff bound. They've kind of they've got a gap now between them and the chasing pack. Would you agree? I can um, see the galaxy maybe falling, but I could still see both the galaxy and Colorado fall. But Colorado has really solidified their team lately, so that that's less likely now. But galaxy definitely can 
couple one or two injuries because they're top heavy loaded their roster. Uh, yeah, they they're missing Chicharito for sure just now. Yeah. Plus, they've only got a goal difference of plus one, which is crazy. The, the top two aren't going anywhere. Those other no. two, I can see staying in the playoffs, but yeah, fluctuating where they're, where they're at right now. LA Galaxy have conceded more goals, just one, but more goals than the Whitecaps, and they're sitting in third. But they've scored a few more. They have scored 10 more, yes. There's your difference. Now, then we've got the interesting situation. Salt Lake played 19, 27 points. They're fifth. That win tonight, big for them. Minnesota, not quite getting out of the... They, they do a little bit of a run and they fall back again. They're sixth on 27 points from 19. Portland, seven, seventh, 24 points from 19. So that's the three teams, really, that you're gunning for just now. Then you've got the chase and pack. LAFC, 23 points from 19. Whitecaps play them on Saturday. Whitecaps are 11th with 20 points from 19. All of a sudden, a win over LAFC on Saturday and you're tied with them. One point possibly back from the playoff places. San Jose are 9th and 23. They've played an extra game. Dallas are 10th and 21. They've played an extra game. So... It might feel crazy. Maybe I'm just caught up in the emotion of a win tonight and just the excitement and then coming home. Mm. I think it's very much game on. We've got a chance of getting to the playoffs. A real it chance. It is game on, yeah. But if you look at the nine home games, how many wins do they need to get to the 15? 7 or 8. Boy. Would, it's a big ask. It's a big ask, man. But I like... think that would get them through. But they they they've shown that they're capable of stealing points. Hundred percent. So well, yeah, even if they too. don't, so they 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 can go on a run. Now, the problem is, is they're going to go off the magical run. But a lot of teams could easily slip as well. Maybe we like the uh, the top three or four teams gain all the points, and the the middle you know five to ten don't have as many points as they normally would in a in an MLS regular season. So anything could go crazy and wild yeah. in there. Um, the biggest shocker is LAFC in the eighth spot uh that's the shocker and then when you compare that to the eastern conference columbus being in the eighth spot right now that's a huge shocker when i saw yeah. that lately so it, it those two teams are the probably the biggest surprises of each conference well and obviously you're into miami that you tipped to to win the whole thing yeah but hey they're within eight they're, points at this yeah point. they're making a run actually and they've got yeah, a they're couple within of games points. in hand <laughs> You know, if they end up doing this, you can crow to your heart's content. You deserve to be king for the day. You've kind of got a little crown with how your your backdrop's making you look uh, just now. Hey, well, sometimes you have to throw a dart and it hits him in Miami. Nothing you can do about it. So I'm going to put you all on the spot. I just want a yes or no. Yeah. Do white caps make the playoffs? I'll go first if you want. Okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No. 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 Zach? It's got to be no. Yeah, no for me too. Three no's. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put my balls on the line and say yes, they are. Your golden balls? Yes. Gone. You can chop them off at the end of the year, metaphorically. But never take your life? Nine home games, it's in their own hands right now, seriously. Like, the, and, the thing is, uh, the thing yeah. is I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. It's yeah. not right. Really right. And, I, right. and I, I, I said that they would be in... Somewhere in the six to nine range at the end of the year. Nice. Uh, at the, when the, when the season started, so um, 
So anywhere in there, and I, I think, and they're very much close to that spot. So I, I think they have a chance, but it's just that I don't. I think they've lost a lot of points at the beginning of the year too. And I just can't see them getting like four or five in a row Ws. Yeah. I just can't well, see that. I, I, here's I think... here's the home games coming up. LAFC okay. on Saturday, winnable. Salt Lake next weekend, winnable. Austin, winnable. Portland, yeah. winnable. Dallas, winnable. Mm. You've got a Colorado away game in there between Portland and Dallas, but that's five home games that realistically could be winnable because you've got to remember these yeah. teams are traveling. Like I said, it's in their own hands, I think. Literally, I mean, it's... Then they've got San Jose at home. They've got Houston away. Seattle yeah. away is going to be a, a tough one, obviously. Kansas yeah. City at home is going to be a tough one. I mean, you're you're looking towards the, the season running, and it's right. like the last five games, Portland away, San Jose away, Minnesota at home, LAFC away, Seattle at home. If they, if they have to win all of those to get in, I say no. And if they can give themselves a bit of breathing space up to those, th- there's three wins potentially in those last five games. Listen, there's going to be a lot of stakes on the hand of MDS. I think, like his contract is running out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of pressure on him in terms of this is like his shot right now to prove. Yep. Is he going to get a new deal or not? I guess this is what's going to come down to. I think, I mean, yeah, I think you're right, Navid. I, I think yeah. that if they do make the playoffs, yeah, it's maybe hard for the for the FO and ownership not to give him a, right. a new deal, even if it's a shorter, like a two year deal, yeah, yeah, or yeah. one plus one or whatever. But um, I think the issue of this, Michael, and you're right. I think the earlier games are are much easier, uh, or much on paper they look more appetizing. If you want Vancouver to feast on points. Which of I think one of the issues is that the players that they are for sure missing right now, right? Like yeah. Lucas Cavallini gone for so long, that's a big concern. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much longer Gutierrez is gone, uh, and that, that's that's a concern. As great as as you know, as positive as Jake's performances have been, it's a concern that you don't have uh, Gutierrez in there. And and what's up? Gaspar is not fully he, no, match fit. He, he's good to go, just not match fit. Right. Okay. Um, and who? Else? There's someone else I'm missing in there. Um, uh, Kyle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. We don't know what's happening with that. It's he's out indefinitely, but that's just because they haven't had a chance to to fully analyze him yet. Right. To to see where it is. I mean, when I heard it's a foot injury, I immediately think metatarsal. Yeah. It's just where your mind goes these days with everything that's happened. You never heard of metatarsals in the 70s or 80s. Then Beckham got it, and then you just hear it all the time. I mean, hopefully it's not, but that is where your mind immediately goes. Now, I'm going to... This sounds horrible. He's not the biggest loss just now. No. Because he hasn't been playing that well. I don't think the Whitecaps are a worse team without him just now, to be honest. Yeah, but I think if he was playing at his top, at the level he could potentially play, it would vastly improve the midfield. Yeah. And it would just be that, you know, the, the midfield would be... And, and the thing is, the difficult part is now you want him to be on the team because you want him to get that um, chemistry with uh, Ryan yes. Gold. Although yeah, if you can never get Vite here, then that yeah. is a possibility. And then, yeah. I mean, you could be looking at a, a Gold, Bikel, Baldy midfield three. I'm not averse to that. 
No, I, I agree with Steve. I think the it's it's not just uh, him being fully fit and playing at his best level. It's him playing with the best other combination of players. Yeah, in in, in both midfield and and the attackers, and you haven't seen that. I mean, he hasn't had that opportunity. And so I, I think that the coaching staff is really longing for that to, to be able to happen as soon as possible. Well, of course, the, the big guy in the midfield is Ryan Gold, as we've talked about. So I'll just bring you a little bit of post-game audio from Ryan just now. Got his first win as a white cap. He's ticked that off. He's got his first assist. I'm still giving him two. He can tick those off. So close to getting his first goal in these games. And he's about to make his first appearance at BC Place at the weekend. Will he start? Will he go the full 90? How long will we see him? Well, that's something I put to him. Let's hear a little bit now from Ryan Gold. You've ticked off your first Whitecaps win now. You've ticked off your first assist. I'd, I'd give you two, but MLS just give you one. They don't count the corner. Um, great overall performance. How, how did you find that tonight, getting that first win, and just how you feel you've integrated into the team in these these three games so far? Um, I think most importantly, um, getting the win was a great feeling after quite a lot of consecutive draws and um you know, the draws have still been good results on the road, but to be able to finally turn one into a victory is very good. And yeah, I feel I feel um, good settled into the team. Um, it's been a very easy group to, to you know, settle into. So um, I think everyone's, everyone's happy tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, you were certainly playing with a, a smile on your face for, for the whole of the second half. You seem to really be enjoying yourself out there. Yeah, that's the way I always try to play. It doesn't necessarily work out that way all the time. But um, yeah, I think we managed to, especially the beginning of the second half, we had a good control of the game. And, you know, we got a lot of, um, in the second half in general, we created a lot of chances. So, you know, I'll always be happy enough if we're uh, if we're creating chances and looking like we're going to score. You've had 20 minutes, you've had 30, 45 tonight. You looked a little bit gassed at one point in the second half when you were running towards goal. Do you feel you've got it in you to go the whole 90 yet or is it still going to be a couple of weeks away? I mean, the whole 90 might be might be a bit of a push, but you know, I feel ready to, to play um, more minutes. Um, it's been good the past the past few games to kind of, because I was, I was starting from nothing just to be able to build up. Um, you know, it's been a good few games to to build up, and thankfully, I was able to come in tonight and help. I mean, I don't think the heat helped with, um, you know, we're feeling that tired. I'm not, I'm not used to the, that kind of humidity, but um, no, it's just taking it game by game and um, seeing how my seeing how my body reacts. Cheers, right. It seemed very Dundee-esque, I thought, but bit of a difference. But <laughs> cheers. Ryan Gold there. Subtitles are available upon request. I felt as we were talking, we both got more Scottish during that that brief little chat on the on the post game presser. There, it it seemed to get quite noticeable. I felt I was speaking more Scottish, and I thought I definitely thought he was as well. Well, some of some of what you said might have been intelligible, but at least the, the questions were intelligent. But yeah, Ryan, will we see him start that game on Saturday? Let's have a quick look ahead, just to round off the show. LAFC. Now, they haven't travelled well up to here. And it, it was a case 
that we had the better of them up here, they had the far better of us down there, and they were thrashing us. We had a good account of ourselves in that last game down there. The form that they're in, I don't think there's anything to fear at all from from them. Yeah, winless in six, um, including only... uh, Yeah, I think there's only two draws in there or something Mm. like that. Um, so basically winless in six. Um, and But the only thing is with them is they have they didn't have to play midweek, so they might be a little bit more rested. Yeah, they're traveling um, up on Friday. They're training in LA on Friday and then traveling up Friday night because I saw their schedule. Yeah, and the only the only good thing now is that you have nobody to cheer on that team, so you could fully cheer against them now with Mark anthony Kagan. Yeah, oh, I thought um, you were going to say because Jordan Harvey's not getting a game. Oh, that too, <laughs> that too, I guess. But I mean, the pressure's on Bob Bradley to to turn this around. I I said a few shows ago, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I see him going. I they've spent a lot of money. You've not got room for for much error when you're spending that money, as I think Atlanta have shown over the the last couple of seasons. And look yep. at them now; they get a decent coach. Seattle's clearly doing something right because their assistant goes to Atlanta, turns it around right away for them. Yeah, the thing is with Bradley is he still has a couple of horcruxes in his lineup, mm-hmm. and um, um, uh, Carlos Vela and Rossi. So you still have a couple there. He, he has lost a couple in Mark Anthony Kane, Walker Zimmerman over the years. So um, just wondering if somebody can just conjure up something to get rid of those two. And Will Jordan Harvey be the Death Eater that that comes yeah. to to help them out? <laughs> LAFC game this weekend. It's going to be interesting in terms of his lineup. MDS is he going to stick to? What he had, Lily. Yeah, this now this is going to be really interesting. Ryan said he doesn't know if he can go the whole ninety, mm. so he's gone twenty, thirty, forty-five, and yeah, he was was puffing a bit towards the end, but mm-hmm. heat and humidity. I would start him, and if you can get an hour out of him, and you get ahead, I, I know this is a, an amazing concept. I'm going to throw this out there. We actually come out and get ahead in the first half and then we see out a game. I would start him and if we get an hour out of him, great. If he feels he can go a bit more, even better. Right. But you've surely got to start him. Yeah. And what about Florian Youngworth? I guess Andrew Rose and Veselinovic had a decent enough in the last couple of games. Yeah, Rose came off though towards the end. He looked, again, he looked tired. It could have been the, yeah, the weather like, too. Though. Oh no, not a not a centre back substitution as we go into stoppage time. We've seen that not <laughs> work before. I think if Rose can go, you have to keep Rose and Ranko for now. Right. I I don't know. I, it would be a lot to throw Youngworth in, but mm-hmm. he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? In this kind of thing, you might contemplate putting all three of them in. Where you put maybe Youngworth in the midfield spot because mm, they do like have three at the front. Yeah, because you do have three at the top. They play basically LAFC for the most part play a three four three. So it might be good to have that extra player, defensive player up front to handle the guys that they're um, they're they're you know attacking with. That's a fair and shout. So it, it 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 depends on who's also a fit uh, in the midfield that can go another game. After, mm. after playing an offer. A whistle didn't have a great outing tonight. He was pulled off at half time. Lucky fella. Um, Russell Tiber didn't have too bad a, a, an outing again. 
But for mm. me, you keep the defence the same. I like Steve's idea, Youngworth at DM with Bikel and Gold and keep keep the same front three, really, if they, can, if th- they can go. I'm also thinking Tybert in the, like he did in the past, I don't know if he's still capable of it in the past when he's been in the pocket of Rob, Robbie Keane, those kind of outings mm. he's had where he's been the kind of agitator. It might work well. Both yeah, against he does do well in these kind of games against the, the LA teams or the bigger teams, even Seattle and stuff. Yeah. But what about you, Zach? Would you make many changes? Did you when when you were talking there is is uh, Godoy? Do we do we know? He Mark said yesterday that pretty much everyone was good to go, but that included Godoy because yeah. he was specifically asked about Godoy. So then Godoy's obviously got to play in this game, in this game. I, I I don't mind Steve's idea of young of uh, flow flow rider there playing in in mm. midfield. Um, I actually forgot about Godoy. So yeah, if Godoy can go, him and Ranko should be the starting centre backs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I probably wouldn't do Young. I mean, it would be interesting to see. But I, I would probably go with if if Gold is going to start, then I think you go with him and Bikel and Baldy. Like I think you said, Michael. I like mm-hmm. I like that. My my worry um, is the bench. Like if we go with that lineup, and we talked earlier about how nice it was to bring someone off the bench that's got that can make a difference. We have no one no to one. bring off the bench that's going to make a difference. Maybe toss. Well, Maybe no, Ryan Raposo, but that was, that was going to I'm, be my last, last suggestion. I think toss is third ahead of White, but I don't think I don't think he will. But I, I, think, I uh, would have done that if White hadn't scored tonight. I think you want to kind of ride him just to see if you can get something out of him. I, I'm wondering if you put up, uh, keep Gold on the bench. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts him this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, I know the, you know the marketing department will want that. But. Oh yes, <laughs> right. I, I am. I'm expecting uh, Scottish music on the PA system. I am prepared. I, like I'll I'll give them some weird songs that they can play over the PA. Um, I want haggis, haggis pakora, maybe something like that to to have as the the press box food. Get that in the concessions as well. Haggis will cure your COVID. <laughs> Not medically proven, just a hunch. But let's get your predictions then. Let's start with Steve. I will go uh, 2-2 Vancouver. Well, 2-2 draw. 3-1 Vancouver. Goal getting his first goal. What do you have, Michael? 3-1. I said 2-1. I'll go 1-1 then. Excellent. I'll be heading along to the game. Now... (laughs) I'm a little nervous and apprehensive, obviously, because there's going to be big crowds there in the press box. You're not really mingling with with the crowds. But outside, I, I guess my, my main thing is, like, how are they going to be in, in with the concessions? You've been told no loitering. Um, how is it going it's to be? It's contactless for, too, right? There's no, yeah, it's no contactless. Cash. How are you going to be for leaving the stadium? Is there going to be a, a big mass of folk? Are they going to, like, section by section out? How is all that going to work? There's if nothing on that here. It's just like it's just a free for all, is it? Literally, literally, yeah, none of that. So I, I don't know how it's all gonna work. Um, I hope it all goes off without a hitch. I'm gonna say this again. I've been very vocal about this on Twitter. We need vaccine passports. It should only for crowds this size. It should only be people that are vaccinated or have been tested and can prove that they're not positive. 
Did I see right. Toronto put out a statement from MLS that you had to be vaccinated or something? I don't Going know that they forward. did that, but Toronto put out a statement. Yeah, um, Doug Ford's past stuff there. But basically, from the end of the month, if you're going to a Toronto game, you have to be uh, fully vaccinated or prove a, a negative test. And it I think the been... Whitecaps will be the same. Right. The one thing, like, I won't, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to the game because I had prior vacation set up this weekend. Um, So, because I I honestly assumed they wouldn't come until September. Um, So, uh, yeah, the next game when I go there, I I, I agree with you, Michael. I'm going to be very cautious and and stay away from as many people as possible. I want to to nearly end the show because we're going to talk about one other thing after this. We're going to have this week's wavelength. So I kind of I've picked a song from a band we featured several times, Halftime Oranges. This is a song from their 1996 album, Clive Baker Set Fire to Me. You know what it was like back in the day as a kid. If you had your football and things weren't going well on the pitch, you took your ball home with you. Well, the Whitecaps are taking their ball home with them to play in Vancouver at long last. Here's a song kind of about that. This is Halftime Oranges, Single Leather Football. Halftime Oranges, single leather football there. The Whitecaps will be heading home, taking their ball home with them to BC Place, hopefully coming away with the three points. That is pretty much it for tonight's show. I just want to to have a couple of minutes though for for Zach to, to speak a little bit about a legend that German football lost this week. A man that I grew up watching. Like, I've 
fond memories of watching Germany back in the 70s when I was first getting into football as a kid and watching World Cups. Gerd Müller, the legend, the striking legend, passed away. Do you want to say a few words on that, Zach? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Gerd Müller is uh, one of the greatest strikers like ever in world football. Um, his record for the national team, his record at club level is like, yeah, is, is, is extremely high. Scored, obviously, many goals and many memorable goals, um, including, you know, the World Cup final, uh, Champions League, all their, sorry, European Cups, um, and Bundesliga, obviously, Bundesliga records, obviously held the record until a few months ago when Lewandowski broke a single-season scoring record. I think he's still the top. I think he was older. He was he was battling, I think, dementia and stuff. But he, um, he I think it's, it's 365. I think he has 365 Bundesliga goals. Um, and yeah, his, his record, I think he, he, he had, he played like something like 400 some odd professional games and he had like almost equal or a little bit more goals. Like he, he was, and he was just like, a he, he was so, he was so good. And when you listen to his teammates talk, like in later eras, like in the nineties and in, in the two thousands and the, the 2010s, they would all say the same thing. They would say, if Gerd was playing today. He would score more than the Messi's and the Ronaldo's and whatever. He was just that kind of, that kind of, uh, that kind of striker. So it's a it's a massive loss. Um, he I don't know everything about his career. I know after Bayern he went to to Fort Lauderdale Strikers. I want to say he went to the NASL somewhere, uh, but he also struggled with um, I think it was alcoholism uh, yeah. quite, uh, quite seriously. Yeah. And um, one of the great things about Bayern is it is really like a family family group a family club for as big as it is it's still known as that and so they uh, i think they helped him out after that and he came back and coached in the second team for years and years and years and um he helped mentor a lot of young players that come through like Lom and schweinsteiger and thomas muller and others and he yeah he was uh he was just he was a, he was a legend yeah. um i only had one i only got to have one encounter with him Ah. Uh, and I was really, really fortunate. It was when uh, Byron Two was doing a mini North American tour, and oh. they came. And they came to Portland, and so I told Cheryl, "I was like, we have to go to this." Um, this was around twenty two thousand nine ish, maybe. All I know is Kirk was really young, <laughs> um, because we took Kirk, and I remember we I got pictures of of Garrett and me, and Garrett holding Kirk like little baby Kirk. Wow. So it might even be it might even be two thousand eight, just on the on the side of the pitch at um, uh, at, at good old Piggy Park there, there Michael. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I just got to meet him and just say, hey, you know, thanks for all you've done for uh, you know for world football. And the last thing I'll say about him is too the, when you when when the the big guys from Bayern are interviewed like Beckenbauer and Sepp Meyer and all these guys from the seventies and stuff and, and even into the eighties when or even or Beckenbauer especially when they say you know Beckenbauer like you know you're the one who made Bayern Munich he would say no he said he would say Bayern Munich was built on the goals of of Gerd Müller. And so, yeah, it's a big loss. And uh, it was good to see clubs around the Bundesliga uh, celebrate him and his life and his achievements on the weekend. And it obviously was done at the Super Cup. If you watch the Super Cup on Tuesday, um, there was a big or there was a tribute there for him. And Thomas Muller was holding up uh, a current jersey with his name and number. And Lewandowski was holding holding up a retro jersey with his name and numbers. They honored him. And, yeah, sad for him and um, sad for his family. But, um it was good to see the way that he was honored. 
And Navid, obviously, you you are a Deutschlander. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, what does what did he mean to you? I can only echo what Zach. I mean, he said it all. Um, it's tragedy and sad about. I mean, literally in terms of I'm I'm a diehard Bayern fan as I think Zach is. In terms of a Mia San Mia. Can't um, have two of you on the show too often. <laughs> it's not gonna be good. No, but what Zach said, like what like the guys like the Rumenigas and Beckenbauer said, like Bayern Munich wouldn't be without Gert Miller. It's literally that's what I I mean, heard him from what they've been saying and it's yeah, it's a tragedy, it's sad. We lost a big one, that's for sure. The only thing I'll say is he was as you mentioned, Zach, suffering from dementia, and this hasn't been linked, but there's been so many players from that era with dementia, and it's all about hitting the ball and everything like that, and it's... Hopefully they can get some research on that. I don't know how you how you fix it in a game that involves heading, but yeah. it's just it's sad to see a lot of these guys. I know a lot of the guys from the UK's had issues with that as well. Um, I just want to to pay a, a little tribute, non-football related, uh, a guy that Steve will know, because I know he's yep. watched a lot of these videos on YouTube and stuff. An English comedian, Sean Locke, passed away today, age 58, from cancer. One of my favourite comedians, absolute comic genius. If you ever get the chance to watch some stuff, he does 8 Out of Cats, but 8 Out of Cats does Countdown in particular. That's some, where he. That's where yeah. he's so funny on. Unbelievable. He's, there's like three of my favorite things, and I watched them again today a couple of times. Carrot in the Box, just search for that. Nazi Island, that'll make more sense when you when you see it. It is funny. And his reaction when a guy called Joe Wilkinson is reading out a poem about naming people's penises. It's just comedy gold. That, that, that had me in tears, that poem. Um, oh. you know, that he did that on eight out of ten countdown, and and it's, it it honestly had me in tears when he and had everybody else in tears on that. I, I know because Sean's on. like, no, stop it, stop it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just so unbelievable. Check that he he was a, a comic genius, sadly missed. Rest he, in peace, was, Sean Locke. He he had great moments on the uh, end of year quiz show. I can't remember what the, what did they oh, call. Oh, uh, great big fat quiz of the year. Yeah, big yeah. fat. Yeah, he had some moments on there too that were really funny. Yeah, there's a couple of other like shows that he's done himself. Fifteen Stories High, um, TV Heaven, and TV Hell from the the two thousands that he did. So you can check all those out as well if you if you want a good laugh. So R.I.P. to Sean. R.I.P. to Gerd Muller. That is it for this week's show. Thankfully, we're not saying RIP to the Whitecaps promotion hopes. They are still in the mix for that. Promotion? Oh, not promotion. You playoffs. Said... Oh, my. Uh, pr- promotion to the promotion to the playoffs. The playoffs promotion to the, to the MLS echelon elite. <laughs> One day, Michael, they might, if they're lucky, get promoted to CPL. Yes, maybe. I'm looking forward to the weekend show where we do chat about that game with Pacific. I've got some audio already in the works. But anyway, just before we go, we'll just let everyone know where they can find you online or anything that you learned from tonight's show. Let's start with Navid. Well, I'm just saying don't give up in terms of Whitecaps hopes. I think they've been showing a great performance for the past couple of weeks and literally looking forward to what's ahead in the next nine home games, that's for sure. 
Um, you can find me at uh, Whitecaps Beat, and I find it ironic. I learned this week that the BC a BC place will be host, going from hosting Wings and Wizards to hosting Voldemort uh, on the weekend. Um, oh, so no one else has picked up on that so far. <laughs> oh, we can have some fun with that. If yeah. only it was better with video stuff. Uh, Zach. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary Am. And I want to give a shout out to uh, a dude named Adrian. I was, uh, sorry, yeah, Adrian? Yeah, Adrian. Adrian! Uh, <laughs> uh, I was uh, shopping at the, uh, the, oh, local, yes. the local Adidas outlet in the Fraser Valley. And uh, uh, a gentleman wearing a Watford kit came up to me and said, are you Zach from AFT? AFTN and I was like uh yeah and he's I recognize your voice as I was talking to to Kirk about some shoes he was trying to get and um yeah just expressed his appreciation for the show and uh, he's not on Twitter or any of that kind of stuff but um yeah just shout out to him thank you for listening and thanks to everyone uh who listens to the show yep thank thank you so much Adrian Adrian congrats on your uh your Hornets there beating up on Astonville in the Premier League on the opening weekend and congratulations to, to Brentford as well. That was a yeah. fantastic result. And the meltdown of the Arsenal fans was absolutely magnificent. Arsenal TV? Any just... Arsenal fans, yeah. It was just like insane. Oh, you've lost one game, guys. <laughs> Calm down a little bit. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, turn on notifications, all that malarkey. On YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. If you, if you could leave us a nice review as well on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, that would also help us out. Something I learned this week. Now, I didn't watch the Super Cup, but I know that Byron won it and Alfonso Davies lifted another trophy. Steve, you were right all along. They've won a trophy after sacking their manager. Yeah, that's I all mean, they needed to do. Yeah. He was in the stadium watching because he... He left to take the Nationals. Oh, he's a right. scorn, scorn he's lover. It's like a scorn lover in the stands. We will be back soon at the weekend, hopefully talking about the Whitecaps' first home win in over 500 days. And of course, Steve and me will be absolutely giddy at the return of CM Punk in AEW. But that <laughs> is it for this week's show. We will be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
Et...